It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson, yet again with a hoarse voice for this week because my daughter had softball this past weekend, state championships. Um, they got third in state, so, you know, it is what it is. They are the best B team in the state of Minnesota. Why? Because the last two teams, in my opinion, should not be in our even in our league, they're they're from Wisconsin, River Falls, and Menominee. So uh, they got one and two. We got third. So I, I just I'm just gonna go where Minnesota State champs or Wisconsin champs. Uh, but today's show, as I bring Sam extra men, we're gonna talk about NFL quarterbacks. Why? Because there's always talk about where Kirk Cousins falls in this top ten versus top fifteen versus top twenty conversation. You know where I stand. You know where Sam stands. Mm-hmm. We're also gonna talk twins. In the in the daily three we got the daily three coming up and then we're going to talk about linebackers this new three four defense where does it put the vikings linebacker group are they one of the best or are they going to let injuries and lack of play move them down into a bottom tier and before we jump into this episode so we're going to talk quarterbacks and i'm just going to let you know vikings fans hold on buckle up because kirk cousins is in a position that you're going to want to find out about. But before we do that, I also want to let people know, I did see an article from Michael Russo about Kirill Kaprizov. Sounds like he left Russia, and this is all speculation, uh, because I got a tweet. And so I, I always want to follow up uh, about the video. He thought that I uh, was saying something that wasn't out there. Well, this is what's out there. He left and went through the Caribbean and then tried to enter the U.S. through somewhere else, and they said his work visa was not good. Um, so I don't know if he has the military ID issue or not. Um, but it sounds like for Michael Russo that he left, went through, a, you know, tried to enter the U.S. through two different, you know, ports overseas, like Caribbean islands and somewhere else, did not work, had to go back to Russia. And now he's just in Russia waiting. Um, so it doesn't sound like maybe Russia detained him. Maybe he just couldn't get into the U.S. because his visa uh, is not correct. And he just signed a five-year contract and that is not good enough. So I guess they got to work on a work visa for him. Um, but, you know, that that's the situation right now. So nothing about him being arrested or detained or whatever. So hopefully it's just a work visa issue and they can get this worked out pretty quick. Um, but that is the follow up on Kirill Kaprizov. But before we jump into the NFL quarterbacks conversation, we have a word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. Thank you, Ron. Rock Auto is a wonderful resource for people like me who don't love spending time in the auto parts store and wandering the aisles. Uh, when you have your phone, you got your laptop, you type in the address bar, rockauto.com, and boom, you've got options. Save time and money with rockauto.com. You can save 30%, 50% brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. They've got reliably low prices for every customer. A family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs, rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, as we jump into today's segment, 
I'm going to let Sam take away the hot topic daily discussion of the day. Sam, tell me what's on your mind. This has been a stretch of rankings. PFF's been ranking all the positions. ESPN is going position by position, ranking the top players. And today's the big one. Today, it's quarterbacks. So where does Kirk Cousins fall in this list? They rank the top 10. And again, this is based on a poll that was given to executives, coaches, scouts, and players. So you've got everybody in NFL circles represented in this poll. And this is what they arrived at for a top 10. Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady, Burrow, Stafford, Herbert, Wilson, Watson, Prescott, and then a couple honorable mentions, people who got votes but didn't crack the top 10, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, and Kyler Murray, no Kirk Cousins. So Ron, having heard the list, having, having heard the top 10 and the three honorable mentions, um, what are your biggest <clears throat> gripes? of that list where who who should Kirk Cousins knock off their perch well uh you know what and this is this is where I'm gonna go with this I, I still believe Kirk Cousins is better than Kyler Murray um I still believe Kirk Cousins personally it depends on the offense um it, it, like Wilson like I, I know he's won um I'm struggling though because after seeing the, you know I think he's better than I, I would put him over Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson right now like right away. Like I, I just would do it for the simple fact of um, in play-by-play -play situations, Kirk has never been taken care of. Like these guys, you know, Watson, Prescott, Stafford, Herbert, Wilson, like Brady, these guys have always played in systems that cater to them, that love them. The coaches love them. The offense for the Vikings has always been an afterthought. Like literally has always been an afterthought. And, and that's been the problem. This has been a defensive-minded team. This has been a defensive-minded organization. Um, a, a player cl close to the team, I'm not going to say who, um, I, I was I was against to, to, to reach out and, and we talked a quick bit, just, you know, life stuff, whatever. And I, I just brought it up. And, you know, he's like, yeah, man, like I, I do believe that. I believe that the offense for the Vikings – was an afterthought. Nothing wrong with it. He said Mike Zimmer was a great head coach. He said Mike Zimmer had a great defensive scheme, but the offense, they always felt like it was, don't screw this up. Like our defense can win us games. You know, almost like the Baltimore Ravens back in 2000 uh, when it was, you know, Trent Dilfer throwing the ball 10 times a game sometimes and the defense just went out there and controlled the game. That's what I think Mike Zimmer thought he had with that defense. And at times they were dominant, but when you get a guy like Kirk Cousins that can win you games, you got to flip the switch. You got to evolve or die. Look at the dinosaurs. You got to evolve or die. And, and I think that was the big thing was Mike Zimmer could never really evolve and become an offensive-minded like head coach. He could never really put the ball in his quarterback's hands and say, let's let's find a way to make this guy great. Defense, bend but don't break. You don't need to go out there and create turnovers. You don't need to go out there and be like this destroying factor. Just bend. Bend a little bit and then let's 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 force some field goals. It was always all like throw the sink at them. Let's make a big play. Let's try to hide this disguise. Let's change this. Let's do this. Like bend but don't break. Let's play cover two. Let's back up. Let, let's get up to the quarterback with the guys we know that can. Let's not get out of position and try to do too much. Uh, it was always a second thought. So I think that's why Kirk Cousins falls where he falls. Also, you said the guys that voted on this. You said NFL execs. We know how NFL execs feel about Kirk Cousins when it comes to these contracts and what he's done on the field. That's always been a dark cloud over Kirk Cousins' career is how much money he makes versus the wins, you know, and especially the primetime wins. 
And that's where the execs, I think, like Kirk Cousins is not going to put on underwear and drink avocado tequila like Brady. You know, he's not going to jump in a, a four-wheeler and, and get a Lamborghini like Josh Allen. Like, he's not that guy. Like, the guy drives a minivan and bought a new one and was posting it like he like it like oh yeah okay i got the new i got a new minivan now like he's not going to do that so, you know he's not going to buy flowers and surprise his wife you know sierra at a at a photo shoot you know like kirk cousins is not in the front of the media like that like he's not doing this stuff you know he's not wearing long hippie hair playing a guitar with his movie star girlfriend you know he's not doing a discount double check there's a little bit to this you know lamar jackson one of the most polarizing figures out there. Derek Carr now has Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams said Carr is just as good as Aaron Rodgers when it comes to placing the ball. Um, you know, Kyler Murray is just Kyler Murray. He's he's effective with his legs and his arm. You know, you look at Deshaun Watson. He can move. You look at Prescott. He can move. Burrow, legit. Jamar Chase, Tyler Higgins. Um, you know, and, and or sorry, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, you look at Stafford, won a Super Bowl. Herbert, he's the next up-and-coming young gun, and then Mahomes won a Super Bowl. So, that's the one piece of all those guys that Kirk Cousins has not had. And I can I can respect that and say, you know what? If you're going to base it off primetime wins, big time, you know, that kind of stuff, Monday night football, uh, contract versus output, hey, you're there. But if we're talking pure skill and what a guy can get done with an offensive-minded coach, I got to put Kirk Cousins up there in at least the top 12. Like, like he's got to be honorable mention as well. Like, that's where I would put him. He definitely deserves to be honorable mention in that. But the execs are always going to knock him down. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, if we're going off of arm talent, I mean, I'm putting him over Lamar and Kyler. I mean, I think those guys definitely become unique with their legs, especially Lamar. Not quite as much Kyler, but the way that he can extend the play is still pretty special. I think the biggest, the most interesting one to me is Stafford. What amazing what a Super Bowl does for a reputation. Because if you looked at this list two years ago, Mm -hmm. Stafford's like what 12 years into his Lions career he hasn't won anything um the team's record is not good at all inconsistencies injuries I don't think anybody's putting Stafford in the top 10 Correct. and you get him in the right situation they get through the playoffs they he puts together some clutch drives he gets surrounded by a wonderful offensive-minded coach after having Matt Patricia for three years and suddenly he's a top six quarterback. I mean that that to me is a just a dramatic shift. And and I think Kirk Cousins is right in that same spot. I think people look at his postseason track record. They look at some of the inconsistencies. They look at how long he's been doing it without a whole lot of team success. If he had one year like Stafford had with the Rams, I think Cousins jumps right up there with him. Right. I just think it, it you need that one breakthrough where the individual accolades are great but it marries up with what the team is doing and they make that big run right so yeah so i would i would say this is the thought behind it kirk cousins he has to get it done this year and i think you said it best you said arm talent that's that's what we're looking at this he's never going to be a runner that's not his game brady wasn't either peyton manning wasn't either not say he's any of those guys so don't that's not preposterous i'm not saying he's brady or 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 or, or, uh, or uh, peyton but his arm talent, he can throw the ball. Like he can make the same throws, I feel like, that Derek Carr can make. I feel like he can make the same throws um, that if you're saying Russell Wilson can do, Kirk Cousins can do it for sure. Um, I, I think the key is going to be, look at Zach Taylor, look at Matt LaFleur. You know, look at all those guys. Look, what, what do they do? They're, they're offensive-minded coaches. You know, Sean McVay. Like, like that's what they do, Shanahan. 
they are considered offensive minded gurus. You know, that's the key there. That's that's the key. What what do those guys have? You know, Harbaugh. You know, what do those guys have that Kirk Cousins doesn't? He had they had an offensive minded coach. Now he did have Jay Gruden and he actually threw for 4,900 yards with Jay Gruden. Now people can say it was garbage type, but either way, he threw for 4,900 yards. The man made the throws. So he can get it done. But that's that's the key is what is this team going to look like? Can Kirk Cousins get it done in prime time? Because that's always going to be the knock. Money versus output. What is his output? How much money are they paying him? But that'll do it for the first segment of the Ron Johnson show. Up next, we're going to talk about the linebackers and where do the Minnesota Vikings fall in this? Are they getting respected, disrespected? Are they treating them like Kirk Cousins and Ronnie Dangerfield? We'll find out next. Stay tuned. Up next on the Ron Johnson show, we're going to talk about linebackers. PFF ranked the linebackers. Did the Minnesota Vikings get snubbed the same way Kirk Cousins did as we brought up? This is Ron jo- the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. As I bring in my producer, Sam Ekstrom. Sam, before we jump into this, because again, you got a possible Anthony Barr coming back. We don't know yet, but Zadarius Smith, Daniel Hunter, uh, Jordan Hicks, Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendricks is a pro bowler. I think Daniel Hunter is a pro bowler. We know Zadarius Smith can be a pro bowler. In 2019, those two guys led the league with QB pressures, 80, 93, and I think 88. But before we jump into where they fall, because we know the NFL is biased. You know that. These rankings are biased because they don't know half the time. We have a word from our sponsors. Let me tell you about Bet Online, your number one source for all betting needs and sports info, all the sports developments, league reviews. You had NHL playoffs there. You had NBA playoffs. Now you are jumping into MLB lines every single day. But they've also got special events like boxing, MMA, and golf as well. You can find podcasts, scores, and news. BetOnline.net. Head there today or use your mobile device, and you can learn about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, and so as we jump into this, Sam, let me know what how many how many tiers are there? What what's the first? You know how many are in the first and second, third tier, and then I'll I'll tell you where I think they fall, and then we can go from there. All right. Well, I'll start out with a, a disappointing development. PFF got lazy on this one. They had tiers for all the other positions. They didn't do tiers for the linebackers. They just got them all <laughs> lumped in one big group. I guess it was too difficult. Now I do need to stipulate they are not including edge rushing outside linebackers they uh, they included the daniel hunters and the zadarius smiths they put those in the defensive line uh, rankings okay. where the vikings okay. were 12th nonetheless with eric kendricks and jordan hicks in the mix this is where the vikings fall behind the 49ers behind the colts behind the saints and behind the packers minnesota is number five and here's what they mm. say in Eric Kendricks, the Vikings have had a superb all-around linebacker for years. Kendricks' grade did falter in 2021, um, a 59.9 mark that was down from 82.6 and 90.1. A new defensive coordinator and scheme will help him, though. The Vikings also brought in the underrated Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals in free agency. So they are, they're leaning on Kendricks, bouncing back a little bit. His run defense maybe was a little soft last year, and then Jordan Hicks, they're pretty fond of. Uh, What do you think of that ranking, number five? Uh, I I think that's good. I mean, technically, that would be tier one if they stuck with the tiers. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say the Vikings' interior defensive line. 
uh, or sorry, interior linebackers are our tier one. Um, I would say if you add Zadarius Smith, the fact that those guys are tier one and the defensive line edge rushers, the edge rushers, I think would be tier one. It's the middle that I think put that D line down the 12. So if you look at Daniel Hunter, Zadarius Smith with Kendrickson and, and Jordan Hicks, they're probably third. I think they do get the respect. So I, I, I do think that they've got, they got it right. Eric Kendricks, um, I, I think a little bit of his fall off was due to injury. Look at Daniel Hunter being out. Look at, look at the, what, the pieces that were missing at times. Uh, look at the inconsistency in some of the defensive calls uh, when they had to keep moving guys around and changing pieces. Um, but we know what he can be now, you know, in, in more of a situation where he can decide when he goes, when he doesn't go, there's no more mugging the a gap as far as that's like the, 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 the bread butter. It's going to be, this is just what we do. If we're in the a gap, we're in the a gap because we're, we're a three, four defense and we need another guy in that hole, uh, which probably gonna be Jordan Hicks most of the time, but I think they hit it. I think five for them, that that's where they should be. Um, you know, top four to five. I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, and again, it's, it's what it was a what have you done for me lately league, but I think there's going to be a resurgence year for Eric Kendricks to get back and become a pro bowler um, and, and one of the top guys again, where everybody's like, man, this guy's all over the field because he's he's athletic. He's done that. Um, and so we shall see. We shall see what it looks like. And it's not too late to add, you know, because because in this defense, if you look at uh, what's his name, um, Devondre Campbell with the Packers playing inside. Um, Anthony Barr is similar. Like Anthony Barr can move inside next to Kendricks and Jordan Hicks every once in a while if they want to do some sub packages and they put them on the outside to rush a quarterback. They can move him around because then he can still go after the quarterback as the Mo backer from the inside, um, like the Packers did with Devondre Campbell. So, and they're both about the, I mean, Devondre's 6'5, so it's about the same type of player. Um, and size wise, and Campbell just got a huge $50 million deal. So, but, but, but that's the difference is Barr has not been as consistent. And that's, that's where I think he's going to have to figure out a way to get consistent if he wants to get another big contract. But, I, but again, he's not even here yet. But that's just my thought. But I think, I think they can make that work. But that's, 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 that's where they should be. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah. So this is my takeaway. We've, we finished all the PFF rankings. Now they did all the positions and they, they didn't do quarterback, but I guess that's because they're, you don't really play your backup quarterback. So it turns into just ranking the starters, which they've already Correct. done. Um, so the, the green Bay Packers should win the Super Bowl, Ron. I mean, let, this is how PFF ranks the Packers at all the positions at, uh, defensive line Packers, number three at secondary Packers number four on the offensive line, or I'm sorry, running back Packers number three, offensive line Packers number five, and then at linebacker Packers number four. So, you know, the only weakness the Packers have, according to PFF, you can probably guess it wide receiver. They've got them 31st at wide receiver, and that's with uh, Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb. But other than that, top five across the board, that Packers roster. Um, at least in PFF's estimation, loaded, which is surprising considering how bad their cap situation was. Yeah, I mean, well, but receiver, if you think about Aaron Rodgers, receiver is the big piece. So you can have the best of the best everywhere, but if you can't throw the ball, it doesn't matter. And I think that's the key. That's the good thing is the Vikings are kind of balanced everywhere. You know, the fact that their quarterback is maybe, you know, third tier in their mind or fourth tier, even whatever they want to call them. Um, they can get this done. Like their defense is in is in in a prime position. Harrison Smith is getting respect. 
Uh, the linebackers are getting respect. The D line is probably one of the lower ones with the offensive line, I think, being 19th, right? That's what it was. Offensive line was 19th. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and that's that's like saying they don't know who's going to be the starting guard and what this team's going to look like under this new offense where it's a little bit more quarterback. You can help out your team by changing the play. Hey, I think this 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 Vikings team is going to be right there with the Packers. But the Packers, again, they have to find, like, Christian Watson has to be able to be a guy. Like, they got to find somebody for Aaron Rodgers because if not, we've seen Aaron Rodgers frustrated when guys are doing the wrong routes, dropping balls, you know, not where he needs them to be when he needs them to be there. And they have to jail quick. And we know that he is sitting around drinking Merlot uh, with his with his group. Like he's 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 at the end of his career. Like he's not he's not always he's not Tom Brady. Like he, they don't have the same mindset. You know, we didn't even know Rodgers was going to play this year. Like it was a time where everybody's like, this dude might retire and just be married. Like that was kind of the thought. And so he's back. Not happy that uh, Devondre uh, or De- uh, Devontae Adams left, but he got a ton of money to come back and throw to nobody. So this should be an interesting year for the Packers, but the Vikings, I think they're right there with them. These rankings are fun, though. That's that's why they do them is because we have to talk about them. But up next, we got the Daily Three. It's three questions, three minutes. Stay tuned. Now it's time for the part of the show that I love the most. This is, I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show. You are listening to Locked On Sports, Minnesota's podcast network. And as Sam Ekstrom comes in, my producer, we're about to do the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. Ron, I've got a question for you. We talk about Vikings Packers all the time. We call it the border battle. We talk about Gophers Badgers, the border battle. Those are great rivalries. We don't talk a lot about Twins Brewers because they're in different leagues. They rarely play. They are playing tonight, however, in an interleague series at Target Field. So I ask you, Ron, if the Twins and Brewers were in the same division like they should be, do you think we would view that rivalry the same way we do? Or probably not the same because it's NFL, but would it be close at least to Vikings-Packers type of rivalry and bad blood and border battle uh, dramatics? Uh, yeah, I, I think there would be there. I mean, because it's the same as like the Yankees, uh, you know, the Yankees-Red Sox. You know, you look at Celtics-Knicks, uh, you got Yankees-Red Sox. Um, I think you would have created something there because you'd have the Gophers, Badgers, you'd have the the the, the Packers, Vikings, and then you have the Brewers, Twins. Um, the fact that they could see each other, they could knock each other down a peg when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to playing games, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I think you would get a little bit more out of it. The Timberwolves, Bucks, same thing. They're in the East and the West, so you don't have that same intensity. You don't care unless they're gonna, you know, unless they can year in and year out make it to the finals. Um, you don't have that there either. Like nobody cares about the Timberwolves, Bucks. Nobody cares about the Timberwolves. Anybody? I don't think there's a rival yet for the Timberwolves. Like there's not a game or a team that's like, oh, I can't wait to beat the Timberwolves. And so I think it's the same for the Tens Brewers. It, it's 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 a fun game because you, you got people that drive, you know, three hours, four hours to get here. Uh, they're all liquored up. They're gonna be here for you know a couple of days or whatever. Um, and, and they you know they love to be in Minnesota because we see the the Badgers fans travel well, the Packers fans travel well here to Minnesota, go to the Mall of America, do all the stuff. So I think the Twins Brewers could have been a bigger thing if they were in the same. And they're both forty eight wins right now. They both have forty eight wins. So that's what makes it even cooler to see they're both leading their division. Um, so there 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 could be a little bit put on this one, but no, it, it's. It doesn't matter for them. It's an interleague game. They're just, you know, trying to make sure they stay in front of their, you know, they're both want to get wins because they want to stay ahead of their guy, you know, the Cardinals, and then they want to stay ahead of um, the Guardians. And so when you when you think about that with the Twins and the Brewers, yes, it could have been, but it's not. 
Twins have a four-game lead on the Guardians going into tonight's game. Big series against the Brewers. Uh, Ron, the Timberwolves won the play-in game this year, beat the Clippers, went to the playoffs to face the Grizzlies where they lost. Uh, the NBA is now voting to keep the play-in game permanent. I don't think they haven't made the vote yet, but all signs indicate that they are going to keep it as a permanent part of the playoff format. Uh, would you keep it around permanently? Uh, yeah, I mean, look at the excitement it created. Like, not so much in the East and maybe the West just because we were watching it, but I think the West took the entire world by storm. And, and maybe just because of how they won and how they – not how they won, but how they acted after they won. <laughs> um, because everybody was talking about Carl Anthony Towns and his wife and, 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 and Patrick Beverly and his Kobe antics and crying on the court with a robe on the next day with champagne. Um, you know, it, it, it took the world by storm um and social media for sure so yeah i could see them trying to create theatrics uh i think the format for me is a little bit weird um i feel like i can't remember what we said but we talked about that like seven and eight should have to play first maybe or something like that for seven and then then they drop down one or is that how it goes or yeah so as it is now seven plays eight and eight play or and nine plays ten um right and then the loser of seven eight plays the winner of nine ten. We we had it figured out, Ron. And now I think we said just... seven should play ten, and yeah. eight should play nine, and then the winners from there play. Like make it like a four, you know. And then if seven loses, though, they get to drop down and play in that. You know, like just add more mm -hmm. to it. But you know, I get it. They're trying to make it a one game, one game, and then we're done. Uh, for both teams. So I think the way they have it is cool. Cause yeah, if seven gets knocked out by 10, then seven's like, well, wait a minute, why don't we get to play eight or nine? So I get that. Maybe like there's a loser's bracket and a winner's bracket. So seven plays 10 and then eight plays nine. Then the losers play to come back up and play eight. That could be another way to do it mm -hmm. um, because that's just like AAU. Um, so in softball as well, it does the same way there becomes a loser's bracket. So there's not just one and done. If you're going to do a true play in, make it maybe a multi-game series. So seven plays 10, uh, eight plays nine winners wait seven probably solidifies its spot because you're seven losers play and then they get to play whoever won eight nine and then that's set so if seven can win it then you're good if you lose then you got to go back down and play in the in the other bracket um but yeah no i think there's something and then same with 10 though like where, how does 10 fall then 10 if you win then you're in the winners and so then you have to play the winner of the eight nine or yeah or whatever to figure out if you should stay ahead of a seven. And I mean, it's a lot, but there, it could be done. It, I think there is a better way, but I don't mind it. It's more basketball. It's playoff basketball. So the intensity is up. And when it's a one game elimination, it's really up. And, and I think that's cool. Yeah. The Timberwolves better not be in that mix next year with the roster they have. I, I think they're shooting for uh, a buy or not a buy, but home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. That's gotta be the goal. All right. Last one, Ron, I know you're uh, looking at tickets already to go to your next wild game. October 15th, the Kings are coming to St. Paul. Kevin Fiala's return, the second game of the season. Uh, it's going to be a big one. I'm curious, Ron, what, what you think the reception will be for, for Fiala. Is it going to be polite applause, standing ovation? Is it going to be emotional? Is it going to be a video tribute for him? Uh, will fans be bitter that he's gone? Will they boo him? What, what do you think the reception will be for Fiala? Well, players leave and they leave. Like, I don't think they should boo him because it wasn't like he forced his way out of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, video tribute, I think that's a little bit too much. Um, he didn't win a gold, you know, a great or not a great cup, a Stanley Cup <laughs> um, for them or anything like that. Um, 
I, I could say I'd say standing ovation too seems like a bit much, but maybe you might get a polite applause and applause and then maybe some Fiala fans stand up, which then creates the like, okay, so should everybody stand up? You know, like it only takes one person to stand before it creates a standing ovation because then that person is going to have a couple people around them. Then it becomes the ripple effect of, oh, should we all be standing right now for Fiala? Um, I think just a polite applause. I think some players are going to, you know, handshake them maybe, you know, and go out there and knuckle up and, you know, whatever, slap sticks. Um, but after that, it's the second game of the season. He didn't do anything like, you know, heroic for the, for the, for the wild. So I don't, I don't see it being too much, but you never know, man, we're Minnesota's a nice state period. They always love to like thank people and, you know, and be nice to everybody. So I could see them maybe trying to put some little video thing together, but I don't see why. Like it's like, eh, and it's Bill Guerin. It's not like a guy that's had Fiala, you know, all of his career here. Um, so I, I, I could see it just being a basic little applause from the fans. Yeah, I think if Garen was in charge of the like in-game production stuff, I don't think they would ever do any of the the cheesy heartfelt reunion. I I think the Wild have been known to kind of layer it on pretty thick when former players come back, so okay. we might have a little video tribute action, um, a little wave to the fans from from Fiala. But again, they didn't win much when he was here, and uh, the Wild have another player that they're even more excited about in Kaprizov, who hopefully is on the ice October 15th as well. Yeah, well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. We thank you guys for subscribing, watching, listening, downloading, and taking us wherever you go. Please make sure you continue to share it as well. Tell your friends. Tell a friend. Tweet a friend. But that'll do it for us today. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.